0: Today on Multiverse News, the writer strike has begun. How will it affect all of our beloved universes? Also, we have a kind of an exclusive, scoopy rumor about Kang casting. Rumor of a rumor. We'll talk about it. And Blade gets a new director, writer, writer, not director, writer. All that right for this. Welcome to Multiverse News, your source for information about all the universes, the fictional ones that you love. Not this one. We don't talk about this one. This one's Bruno to us. (laughs) My name's Matthew Carroll, and today we have uh, our three co-hosts here with
1: us. We have Jay Scotty St. Clair from Animation Deliberation. How you doing, Jay? I'm doing well. Happy to be here. Looking forward to some riveting discussion here. Sweet, sweet, and Haley Hobbs. How you doing, Haley Hobbs?
2: I'm just super amazing.
0: Awesome, uh, Haley Hobbs uh, from Source Pages. Sorry, I always forget to say always one person. I skipped their 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 show. And Jay Sisson from Commute the Podcast. How you doing, Jay? I'm doing well. Happy to be here as always. Awesome, awesome. So we're gonna start the show tonight with a. Special report. I wish we had like a sweeping special report banner <laughs> to swipe, sweep in. You know what? I'm going to try to make that happen. Um, <laughs> special report. Okay. Uh, I, I didn't make it happen. Clearly, you guys are watching this. And I didn't make it happen. Um, but special report, breaking scoopy news um, that is completely a rumor. But it comes from a source inside the Stranded Panda community. And one of the things that makes me sort of believe that it's got legs is that they don't want their name connected to it. So it's something they've been told that they're not supposed to talk about, which always just gives a little intrigue to it. But here's how the story goes, and it's about the Kang recasting. Uh, We have a rumor that there are rumors swirling around uh, the Hollywood community of reporters and writers that. Uh, Marvel was eyeing John Boyega to replace Jonathan Majors, but John Boyega said, no, that was kind of the fan casting that was going around. John Boyega said no. And now they are retooling and looking to gender flip the character and give us a female version of Kang. So what do you guys think of a female version of Kang and the fact that John Boyega may have passed on this big role?
2: I think I'll go first as the resident female on the podcast. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) That'd be great. So this is really interesting. If it's credible, it kind of tells us a lot of things maybe we need to know. Uh, But I do like the idea of gender flipping to maybe step away from the stories that have been out there and some of the ickiness surrounding the situation and just making it truly unique to the MCU, which they've been known to do before and they will do again and so for that reason i like it let's go Mm.
0: yeah i I think it's a great take and i think another thing that's really great about the idea is we so far most of the time we've spent with kang has been in loki which they introduced the idea of gender flipping a character with a variant uh with sylvie and so like i kind of feel like knowing that Kang is going to be very involved in season 2 like it seems almost like a really good fit that something would happen that we see sort of the Sylvie is to Loki as whoever this new Kang would be uh is to Kang I don't know it just
1: feels like something set up there to be thematically interesting but I don't know taking this one with a pretty big grain of salt here but uh, you know it is pretty exciting the fact that this could be the first official like stranded panda scoop uh, that being <laughs> said um, I do agree with what Haley brought up. I I definitely could see John Boyega in the role, but it's not surprising that he passed on this one, given his kind of, um, just some of the things he's opened up about his experience being in a big franchise in Star Wars and whatnot. And I do think, if you're going to recast, it's almost better to do a hard pivot. And I can mm. already hear some of the like backlash from the fandom, the more toxic side of the fandom, but that's not warranted at all. I think you know if this is true, it it would be a good move. And my mind kind of immediately goes to, like, who would they cast? And you brought up Loki and Sylvie, and I thought about another character that made their debut in Loki, and that is uh, Gugu Gugu Mbatha-Ra, I believe is her name. Uh, Mm -hmm. She portrayed Ravana Renslayer, who already in the comics has an established relationship with Kang. So I feel like that kind of, like, lends itself to a natural transition, and she's a really talented performer. So um, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: who knows if, if, if any of this is true, but it's fun to talk about. It's interesting you said that. I thought
0: the same thing. I was thinking trying to think of an actress that would do be a good fit and then I thought of her and I was like she has that connection in the comics and then there's like uh, yeah, I don't know. What what if that's why he's seeking her out or something like that? Like they yeah. could rewrite that that a little bit and make it work. True.
3: Yeah. If you're coming to this podcast to hear people who are like super sticklers for comic accuracy and stuff, you're just not going to find it. I don't think any of us are super purists in like the character has to look this way or sound this way or anything like that. I think all of us are pretty open to the idea of, you know, we know that something probably has to happen. I think probably at this point, it seems inevitable that it has to happen with casting and, Mm. um, you know, you got to do what you got to do. I mean, I think, um, expanding out and thinking about about all of the options in front of you is probably the best thing that the studio could do. Even if they don't take it in that direction, just having a wide vision and casting a wide net—that's always going to net you the best result in the end.
1: Mm,
0: that's a great point. I like that a lot. And again, that is a rumor of a rumor that exists. But uh, we reported on the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast uh yesterday and i just felt like for multiverse news we had to throw it out there and talk about it such a we've been we've been talking about the story more than even the mcu cast has so Mm. but diving in to our script here and our news up first our first story uh for the first time in 15 years the writers guild of america is on strike today Tuesday, May 2nd, members began picketing at 1 p.m. at various locations including Amazon slash Culver Studios, CBS, Disney's Burbank headquarters, and more. A statement from the WGA last week alleges that the studio would not agree to any guaranteed number of weeks of employment for television writers and instead proposed a day rate for comedy slash variety writers, which would basically make a new category for writers. The statement also claimed that the parties stonewalled on proposals over minimizing work with no pay and regulating artificial intelligence writing. Can these sides come together before devastating effects are felt throughout the multiverse?
2: Without knowing the true ins and outs of the negotiations, pay equity has become a huge problem in this country lately. I think Mm -hmm. most industries are feeling it especially when you're in the entertainment industry, it looks like there's such disparate differences in CEO salaries and writer salaries. And that may sound to some of us who make less than both of those groups of people like a complaint that isn't warranted, but you have to think about putting yourself in somebody else's shoes and knowing that just because like you might make less than that person doesn't mean that it's okay that they might get paid less. And these CEOs of these companies are making tens and hundreds of millions of dollars and it's It's insane, and so you know I scale that to my situation or people I knew who are in bad situations. I'm not in a bad situation. I shouldn't say that, but I've dealt with it too. And so this is becoming this is like putting it on a really big scale and putting it in a way that is getting a lot of press. And so I think that's super interesting. And two, our off mic discussion last week, we were talking about AI and. You guys know my stance. I'm like, put me in a bunker off the grid. I don't like it, <laughs> but I, it's part of the future and it's already here. And so how do you deal with that in a profession where your creativity is your bread and butter?
3: Yeah, mm. I'm old enough to remember the 2007 writer's strike and it, was, uh, it did affect shows. It took a little while. There was a large ripple effect and it didn't feel like it at first, but as the production caught up with the writing you started to feel it. And I was a big fan of Lost at the time. That's kind of one of the famous examples of a show that just like really got caught up in having to Mm. split its seasons and just really suffered from the writer's strike. So, you know, at the beginning, you're not really like, what is going to be the effect of this? You can't really say until we know how long it's going to last. You know, if it's something that lasts a month, You're not going to feel it at all. If it's something that lasts 10 months, like the writer's strike did last time, uh, you're going to feel it um, across the industry and it's going to be slow. It's going to start with uh, show or networks that and shows that are written uh, kind of just week to week, like late night shows Mm -hmm. and things like that. And it's then it's going to go to soap operas and then it's going to go to daytime cable and then it's going to hit streaming and film. Uh, So it really depends, but there are two pieces of technology that exist today that did not really exist in 2007 that are going to make this a lot different. And one is social media. There's a lot of conversations already all day today on Twitter. The leading hashtag was writer strike, and you're going to have that public opinion a lot more accessible than you did in 2007, where people are going to see images. They're going to see writers tweeting out their opinions about, uh, tweeting out facts about Um, Like you were saying, Haley, like the disparity between writers and CEO pay and things like that, that stuff's very effective at messaging, but also AI, it's, it's going to be this conversation about what does a writer's room look like when you have that kind of tool and how far is a studio willing to go to replace writers with AI in the future. And even during the strike, who's to say that Mm. an AI can't fill in for writers during this time where we're waiting on the negotiations to come to fruition. Um, who knows how long this could last whenever you have a tool that can theoretically write a creative piece of work, right? But then you have all these conversations about, well, who gets paid for that, right? If it uses, if it uses your work to inspire its work, shouldn't you get paid for that? Well, that's what the writers are saying. That's not what the CEOs are saying. So mm-hmm. you have all of these issues that to me, it seems like they're miles apart. I think, I think this is going to last a long time.
1: yeah i kind of purposely went last on this one because i had the utmost faith and confidence in my my you my co-host that you would be thoughtful and pragmatic about this situation and i want to you know provide the caveat that i i am all for you know creatives especially getting the pay that they deserve because we've seen time and time again even with like special effects artists the corporate suits don't always see the value that comes from creative work and creative work can sometimes kind of be brushed under the rug, especially with this emergence of AI. Like people are very scared about their their jobs being taken, but you all having been so eloquent about that does open the floor for me to talk to talk about it as a fan and then kind of be a little (laughs) special here as a fan, knowing that some of these things I'm looking forward to are going to get delayed, especially when it just seems like the box office is really on like the kind of like swing back from the pandemic. We've been seeing the best numbers in a while here um my reception to it is kind of the same as that of a, a fart in an elevator it stinks i don't like it and it's not going away anytime soon so. mm. yeah oh man i did not actually go yet but
0: it's okay the the two eloquent ones went um and wasn't now, take now anything away from you now it's my turn now it's my now i'm just teasing uh but no I, i'm i'm right there with you jay scotty like there's i'm of two minds completely on this so you guys have all said it uh better than I can, but I, I'm, I su- completely support the workers in trying to get the, uh, uh, the things that they can out of this. Um, and I think the AI part is incredibly interesting, but at the same time, I'm a fan and I'm, I'm terrified about how things will be affected. We've already had so many delays the last few years we f- it feels just like Hollywood is just getting rolling and moving again after COVID, the movies are just hitting again in theaters, making the big money again. Like we're about to start seeing things roll. And now this, and it's just like, oof, just really, really feels like it takes your, the wind out of your sails. Cause I, I, I too experienced the, what was it? 2003 or 2007, uh, 2007. Yeah. Yeah. Heroes was the show for me. I loved mm, that show. Yes. And the writer's strike completely destroyed <laughs> heroes. The, the last the end of the first season or something like
3: that. Yeah, It was a casualty.
0: Um, yeah, for sure. Um, but the one part that I don't know how I feel about this, uh, artificial intelligence part, because it's like, it's a tool it's going to exist. Like the other parts, the pay, the day rates, like all that stuff. I feel like those are, they know their industry better than I do. And like fighting for those, uh, requirements is totally understandable. I don't know if the artificial intelligence thing though, because it's like, it's technology that's going to exist. We're going to like, it feels a little bit like. Uh, Luddites, uh, like the literal Luddites, like the, the historical figures that went and like trashed looms because looms existed and they were losing their jobs, you know, like Hmm. those, that technology is going to exist and using it for writing. Everything is going to happen. You were mentioning, I think Jay, that it might even happen during the strike, but that's the thing. I think this is smart to do now because like, I don't think that AI writing is good enough yet to like write jokes for uh comedy sketches. It doesn't like fully understand yet how to do it will though. And so like getting some of these things about artificial intelligence, writing nailed down before it happens. We've seen what happens when like workforces don't fight for their rights before it's a big deal. <laughs> and that's like what's happened with the VFX industry. They didn't have these union fights early and now it's just like everything's grandfathered in and they're not part of the unions and they're not getting the same benefits. So, so I understand why they're having that fight now, but it also feels like that's gonna, you're going to lose that fight eventually. Cause if they're not going to do it, every internet site, we were even talking about, like, we could use it to get rough
3: drafts done. You know, like we were, you know, AI writing is just happening now. Um, Mm -hmm. It's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy out here. I mean, it's a, it's a piece of technology that's going to affect every industry in some way. And I know we're kind of moving away from writer, I'm uh, moving away from writers by saying this, but you know, I'm a teacher. I work in education. Like I feel AI uh, at this moment. I can tell when a student uses AI, it's like, yeah, you didn't write this. You don't know what <laughs> uh, indelibly means or something like that. Like, <laughs> get out of here. But, um, but eventually, <laughs> you know, they'll figure out like, oh, I can tell it to write this on a ninth grade reading level, you know, mm-hmm. and they haven't figured that out yet. Uh, but you know, this, this stuff is is going to affect your industry. And it's one of those things you have to, li- most of us are going to have to live with in some capacity. I'm going to have to live with it in my industry in some way. I'm going to have to figure out a way to to get the most out of it and use it as a tool. It's like whenever your teachers used to tell you that you wouldn't have a calculator uh, in your pocket at all times whenever you were doing math. Uh, and now you literally have a calculator in your pocket all the time. You know, like uh, th- <laughs> things are going to change. Uh, and uh, this, is, this is something that's going on, but it's going to go on in, Maybe your office too, you know, at some point. So Mm -hmm. um you kind of have to look at the bigger picture with this whole thing.
0: Oh yeah. I mean I'm I'm seeing it every day, like people are posting songs written by AI, like music and lyrics and videos that go along with them. And it's just like, Oh man, I I as a creative, you know, songwriter person, I'm like, "This this is scary. It's scary stuff. Yeah. I just don't know that you can stand in the way of technology though. It's gonna it's gonna happen eventually. But fully support the writers. The AI will never be able to communicate about the human experience. I don't think it will never be able to have like something new to say about the human experience. Cause it's not human. And so like, it will just be regurgitating and art will um, stall if we don't have humans writing, you know, up next, the year of the video game adaptation as coined here on multiverse news continues to shift into high gear as the week saw trailers for two high-profile motor-themed projects based on PlayStation games. Peacock's Twisted Metal series starring Anthony Mackie is set to begin streaming July 27th, while Neil Blomkamp's Gran Turismo, with David Harbour, Orlando Bloom, and Jaiman Hansu attached, looks to race its way to the big screen August 11th. Are we revved up for these high-octane outings, or is it time to hit the brakes?
1: Yeah, thinking about the success we've seen with video game adaptations as of recent, uh Twisted Metal and Gran Turismo would not have been very high on my list of adaptations I would have expected to see or really had all that much, you know, of a fervor for, but uh especially in the case of like Twisted Metal, like I feel like that series kind of had its heyday in the like late 90s early 2000s and it really hasn't even been in the conversation amongst gamers since then that whole genre of kind of like vehicular combat seems to have gone by the wayside. But I I really liked the trailer. Like Anthony Mackie was the only part that really interested me and I, I enjoyed the trailer a lot. It was pretty short, but it did a really interesting thing between like balancing tones. Like it started off with like really frenetic camera work, like first person view kind of fiddling around with the keys and whatnot. But then once he puts the CD into the, the player and then the, the, you know, happy music stars, it just like completely changes tones. And yeah, I, I I dug it. So I'm looking forward to it. Gran Turismo on the other hand, like that just kind of surprised me. It's, it's, it says it's based on a real story. So again, take that with a grain of salt. A lot of these (laughs) movies are based on a true story, but um, I was surprised how this one seems to be kind of based in classism. And I found myself like, for whatever reason, kind of thinking back to the movie real steel with Hugh Jackman where he like controls like the fighting mech robots in terms of like hmm. a young kid who has this opportunity to like rise through the ranks of like competitive gaming and whatnot. Uh, and while I know Neil Blomkamp did not direct that film, I felt like his sensibilities uh, were very felt through that film. It kind of felt like uh, district nine and chappy in terms of like the, the practical and special effects that were there. So I, I came away actually looking forward to both of these a lot more than uh, before I had seen the trailers, So in terms of trailers, they did an excellent job.
0: Mm. I really feel completely differently than you on these. Uh, well, I, I like Gran Turismo. I went into this thinking Gran Turismo feels like the kind of money grab that like, what was that movie battleship from a few years ago where it's just oh, sure. like, this is based on a game. <laughs> But the game has nothing to do with the movie, you know what I mean? Like, mm. I thought that's what we were going to get, because it's just like, it's a, it's a it's a known title, so we're just going to use the title, and then we're just going to make a movie about racing. And then that's what I was thinking before I saw the trailer. And then uh, I was excited for Twisted Metal, because I was a big fan of that growing up. I watched this trailers, I hated the Twisted Metal trailer. I think it oh, looks, okay. and I love Anthony Mackey. Um, so I was really excited for Anthony Mackie, and I just thought the trailer seemed like really cheesy, um, just in a way that it was shot, the way that it was put together. The steal my sunshine joke did not land for me. I really wanted it to. I kind of thought that's what they were going for when he throws in the mix CD, and it, I thought it was going to be something silly, but like mm-hmm. it wasn't the kind of silly I wanted or something. I don't know. It just didn't work for me, uh, for whatever reason. And then the reveal of Sweet Tooth at the end, I was like... Just does it? It doesn't look scary or fu- it doesn't look scary or fun. It looks like this weird sort of like line that it's gonna walk. I remember reading about this story a long time ago when it first came out, and I thought they were gonna make like a horror series or something like that. Like or like uh, I don't know. Yeah, I can't remember exactly. But yeah, it looks like Sweet Tooth is going for that a little bit, but like not really. Um, I don't know. It just didn't. The tone wasn't right for me. But Gran Turismo, which I went in thinking it was gonna be not my thing at all. Um, reminded me of like Ender's Game and like Mm. the last Starfighter and like this thing of like, you know, the, the indoor kid who's playing, playing the video games at home gets picked up to do the thing. I thought it looked really good. And Neil Blomkamp directing, it looks, looks beautiful. It's, uh, got great actors in it. I just thought that one looked really good and it was my, my expectations were completely flipped basically.
3: Mm. Yeah. Twisted metal was kind of one of those things like you just had to be there for, you know, Mm -hmm. it was kind of like it peaked at a certain time with the PlayStation and, you know, it was the thing that you go over and have a sleepover with your friends and like plug it up on the TV and play it, you know? So I think a lot of people have memories of it that are positive, but I think if you aren't in that group of people, I don't know if this is necessarily going to attract a new audience to it. Mm. uh, Cause it is, it does look kind of cheeky and campy and like kind of, you know, I I don't know. It does kind of have that tone of like a, a kid's video game in a way. Like I kind of got that vibe from the trailer. So who knows what'll happen when we see a full trailer, if it changes a little bit, but I I think this is kind of one of those things that will very much appeal to certain people, but I don't know if it'll necessarily have a wider appeal.
0: I agree. I agree. Uh, Okay. Our next uh, story According to an exclusive via Hollywood Reporter, Nick Pizzolatto, the creative force behind HBO's True Detective, has been tapped by Marvel Studios to pen the script for the upcoming Blade film, reuniting him with Mahershala Ali, who starred in True Detective's third season. Blade is currently slated to start production in late May and eyeing a September 6, 2024 release. The film will be helmed by Lovecraft Country's Jan DeMange and also recently added Delroy Lindo and Mia Goth to its cast. Are the new additions to Blade's talent, both in front and behind the camera, something we can sink our teeth into? <laughs>
3: i think that this movie it's just like every week we're like oh blades making a major change again and bringing mm-hmm. in more cast members or whatever like this movie's supposed to come out in what is it like november of next year or something so it's it is right around the corner in terms of hollywood to me the fact that they added uh, a the writer from true detective that tells me that Maharshala ali probably has a pretty nice degree of control over his vision for the script these two are linked, he did star in True Detective as you mentioned Matt and Mm. so these two have a relationship and um, he is working with a script that's kind of written, he's kind of coming in and tooling it a little bit is what it sounds like, but to me this kind of speaks to the fact that They've probably given Maharshal Ali a lot of say in kind of the future of how this film's going to look. And maybe he's not necessarily thrilled with how it looks at the moment and is saying, let me bring my guy in here, make some changes and kind of steer it in the right direction, which is kind of something we've heard already. uh, So that isn't too surprising, really. But I think it is just interesting that we're seeing so many major changes to cast and writing and everything just literally in the month that the movie is going to start production. Yeah.
0: Write this script. You have a month.
2: (laughs) I'm hoping this isn't dooming this movie. It's gone through a lot of changes and issues. It seems like it's kind of been in development hell. It is what it kind of makes me think of. And I want it to be really good because so many fans are super excited for Blade. And especially for Mahershala Ali as Blade. So hopefully, like Jay saying, this is a great thing for it. And it's just like punching it up to make it even better.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I was trying to recall when we got the casting announcement of Mahershali as Blade, and I I want to say it was almost around the same time as we got Brie um, Larson as Captain Marvel, if I'm not mistaken. I kind of remember them being on stage together, so it's been yeah a long time in the making. But you know, um, thinking of Nick Isolato, um it seems like you know, of course the the writers' sh- strike is something to keep in mind here, but it seems like he is getting a lot of work because we mentioned the magnificent seven series that's in the work as well in the works as well. And he's actually the showrunner for that as for that. So, um, I do think he has a talent for bringing like disillusioned characters to to life pretty well and realizing them. So in that sense, um, it does make me a little bit more excited for blade, but Another one of the standouts for me is the fact that Mia Goth has been added to the cast because she has really been rising through the ranks as as kind of this like new age horror queen. She was in Ty West's uh, A24 films, both uh, X and Pearl with Maxine due to hit theaters before too long here. So um, her involvement bodes really well for me as well. But I don't know if we can expect that September or November Release. It's probably going to get another delay, but if it results in a more quality movie, I'm all for it. Yeah, that's the question.
0: Is it? Is are all these changes too many cooks in the kitchen and like mucking about, or is it like things that are only making the movie better?
1: You know, like and we won't know till we see it. Really, I can't hear too many cooks without thinking about that Adult Swim (laughs) infomercial. (laughs) Yes, it's the best.
0: (laughs) Too many cooks. Exactly. (laughs) All right, up next, we're going to talk about our Spotify poll this week. Uh, we got a really split decision this week. Like, normally, it's been a blowout or close to it. Uh, we had, Mitch. which movie are you most excited for? Do- the Dodgeball sequel, the Hunger Games prequel, or a Quiet Place spinoff? And uh, 45% say Dodgeball, 34% say Hunger Games, and 21% say A Quiet Place. So uh, we've got a really, really tight race there for this week's question.
2: Those were three interesting genres they had to choose from, too.
0: <laughs> I know, right? It's interesting to see, like, when you ask such a broad question what our audience thinks. Like when you have a very specific, like who's the best Avenger or who's the best this? It's like a little easier to compare, but Dodgeball versus a quiet place, I don't know, man. I that's a that's
3: that a That tells tough
2: me one. a bunch of millennials voted in that poll. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
3: I could, I could immediately see like a look of disgust on Haley's face. Like whenever they said Dodge, she was like,
2: What? No, dodgeball's a classic. I just I was surprised. <laughs>
1: To that point, I do think the Hunger Games prequel kind of like benefited from the, the, having the vote split and it just kind of like coasted in there at number
3: two.
2: Oh, tell us how you really feel, Scotty.
1: <laughs> oh, they heard how I felt last
3: time. <laughs> A couple days ago. <laughs> it's like the third party effect, you know, in an election. Sometimes it mm-hmm. just robs all that, robs all those votes away. Try them head yep. to head. See what happens.
0: Yeah, it's true. Sorry. Sorry. I'll try to be more scientific <laughs> with my polls next week. Um, <laughs> all right now we're moving on to the lightning round uh you guys know how we do this here it's been like six weeks now we you know what we're doing uh we uh you have one you get to respond see i don't know how it works you (laughs) you have to buzz in to respond the first come first serve first person to buzz in gets to respond to these very short uh snippets that are in the news and you get one response for the whole lightning round so save your uh, your rebuttal or response for that Uh, And here we go. Uh, After being seen having lunch with Fantastic Four director Matt Shackman, Mila Kunis officially debunked rumors that she'd be starring as The Thing by saying, I am not in the Fantastic Four film, but I know who is. Haley. Yeah. She's
2: either lying, though probably not about The Thing stuff, or this is exactly (laughs) what I would do if I had that information and uh, I'd be like, yeah, I know who's in it. Even if I don't.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, I. Yeah. Okay. Moving on. Lightning <laughs> hey, Ring. about it. If you say it, you're done. You better think about it. <laughs> uh, no, I know. I <laughs> know. Rob Delaney will reprise his role from Deadpool 2 as Peter in Deadpool 3. Matt, what. Wh- how many of these characters from Deadpool are we carrying over to the new universe? Is what this has me thinking about. Like. Yes, uh, we'll, we'll have some of them, but like Peter seems like one that wouldn't come with them, but it would be kind of hilarious if he does. Like, I would love to see like Peter face off with Galactus or something. I don't know. Like, that sounds like a really good thing for the future of the MCU. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. No one can respond. Pedro Pascal is in talks to join the cast of the Gladiator
3: sequel. Jay. So I imagine that the way that Hollywood works now is that any writer who has a project sits in a boardroom with executives and they say, I have this thing that I've poured my whole life into and all my passion and all the storytelling and this is my vision and I want to make this and I need you to approve it, please, because this is my life's work. And then the execs just sit back in their chairs and they lean back and they say, but how are you going to get Pedro Pascal in it? Because if you can't (laughs) get Pedro Pascal in it, We don't want it.
2: (laughs) Haley. I wonder if my dad will watch this a hundred million times like he did the first Gladiator movie. (laughs) And yes, that's how I'm using my response.
0: I like it. I like it. Yeah. I don't know how to not talk, guys. Taika Waititi (laughs) is in final talks to direct a film adaptation of Kazu Ishiguro's New York Times best-selling novel, Clara and the Sun. Matt, I've never heard of this. I guess we're moving on. Nobody Nobody read it. (laughs) (laughs) Noah Hawley's Alien series for FX cast Sidney Chandler in the lead role.
1: Scotty. Yeah. Alien meets Noah Hawley. I'm sold. I love Noah Hawley's work. He's done some incredible things with Legion and Fargo. He does have Fargo season five in the works, which I'm definitely looking forward to. But we first got the announcement of the series back in December 2022, if I'm not mistaken. And this is really the biggest news we've gotten since that announcement. So um, Sydney Chandler is not a performer that I'm super familiar with. Uh, Apparently she was in pistols, the sex pistol series that was on, um, FX, but then she wasn't don't worry, darling. And I did have my, um, issues with don't worry, darling, but it had nothing to do with the performers. I felt like all of the performers, especially Florence Pugh, were amazing.
0: Mm, I'm going to use my response for this. I'm just really excited. This is still happening. Noah Hawley has been one of the best creators around. You mentioned his his other works. Uh, I just absolutely love Fargo. I loved uh, the what I saw of Legion. I didn't make it all the way through yet. Uh, I keep meaning to go back. It's such a dense show that I feel like I can't, like just, it, it can't be on the background. I have to like sit and watch oh, it. And so that's like the, yeah. it's hard to find the time when so much else is coming out. Um, but I love Noah Hawley's work. And so I am super excited to see him tackle Alien. Um, I feel like an Alien series would be something I wouldn't be that excited for if he weren't attached. And I am all on board for this. Up next. Uh, Netflix and Ryan Murphy's Monster Anthology will focus on
3: Menendez Brothers in season two. Jay, I guess I'm our true crime guy or something. Uh, <laughs> the um, This series, I think it's worth pointing out. This was the one that starred... Um, Evan Peters uh, as uh, Jeffrey Dahmer that got like a lot of mm. attention. And I think it's important to point out that not all of the attention was positive. Uh, there was a lot of pushback against this from certain people, especially the fam- the families of the victims of Jeffrey Dahmer, who said, hey, you're we kind of feel like you're kind of pushing this guy up a little bit into a pedestal of discussion that maybe he doesn't deserve uh by having this famous actor portray him and all this type of stuff so i think i'm interested to see if that sort of conversation is being tackled at all uh, at netflix around the idea of like how do we make this and we inform people about it and we explain why it's important but we also don't kind of feel like we're dragging these people who went through these traumatic events back out into the public for everyone to see again Mm, scotty the one thing I also wanted to mention that was in the article
1: is that apparently Netflix has like exclusive access to these brothers. So they're going to be yeah. able to like tell their story. So it does give me some pause uh, about a lot of the things you're bringing up. Like, are we celebrating these criminals a little bit too much? And is it going to re traumatize the family? It also made me think of like the Ted Bundy movie back with Zach Efron from a few years back. It's like Netflix yep. has this weird fascination. Like, I understand the interest in true crime, but when we're, Making these these killers a little too sympathetic and you know maybe like attractive in, in certain people's eyes, I do think it's kind of problematic. So,
0: mm. okay, last one is a small spoiler, so I put it on here last uh, for the Guardians of the Galaxy movie. And uh, not a big one, very small, one word, small. Uh, and it's, and it's, it's the news is everywhere, but I did want to give everyone a spoiler alert in case they.
3: Jay <laughs> Scotty's gone. Clipped. <laughs> I this isn't a bit, right? Like he didn't, <laughs> like he
2: didn't leave. look like that.
3: I thought it was, at first I was like, "This is a bit." Like it's like he's saying, "Oh, I don't, I don't want to be want spoiled, so I'm going to leave." That's what I thought. That's what I was thinking too. But he wrote the script, so like, <laughs> sorry about that. No, oh, no problem. Yeah, he, he just didn't want to be spoiled for Guardians. We get it. <laughs>
2: Is this a spoiler?
0: <laughs> I, it's, it's enough of a spoiler that when I brought it up yesterday on the MCU cast, Ashley was like, People no. think this is a spoiler? I mean, I can see... It's a word. Let's, let, we'll, we'll, let's just talk about this a little bit. It's is fine.
2: Expletive? <laughs> okay, I'll keep my mouth shut because <laughs> I think it's dumb.
0: <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 to feature Marvel Studios' first F-bomb. And the reason I say it's a spoiler, possibly, is because I could see that being very shocking in the theater. You know, like, oh my gosh, he just said, and apparently if I read an article on it, apparently he improvised the line, which I think is very fun, Um, that he improvised the first F-bomb and they kept it.
3: Jay, Uh, James Gunn doesn't give an F, literally, he's getting ready to move over to DC, he's like, whatever, nobody said it in in Marvel, like, this is the last thing I'm going to do before I leave, it's like a bike drop, I respect it.
0: Yeah, well, he does give one F, apparently. (laughs) Everybody gets one. Everybody gets one. That's our show, everybody. That's our show. Uh, Everybody, please tell the folks where they can find you online. Haley Hobbs.
2: Yeah, I'm a co-host of Source Pages, the podcast where we read novels and comics as primers for all the geeky TV shows and movies you love. So, if you want to learn more about Adam Warlock and the High Evolutionary for the upcoming Guardians film this week, check us out because we just covered it.
3: Yeah, I'm right. Jay Sisson. I'm a co host of Commute the Podcast, which uh, aims to teach you three interesting things on your way to work uh, or wherever you're going every week. So we drop episodes on Monday morning. So come hang out with us. Come learn something new. I will.
0: And
1: (laughs) Jay Scotty St. Clair. Yeah, if cartoons and animated action series are your thing, please check out Animation Deliberation. You know, May the 4th is just around the corner, and Disney Plus has some exciting things coming down the pike, and we're going to be talking about it there so animation deliberation wherever you get your podcasts sweet and
0: i am on the marvel cinematic universe podcast and this is a big week for us uh, we've got new content after a long drought so please come over and join us there uh, we're, we're gonna be doing a thursday night live recording of our podcast on twitch.tv slash stranded panda tv or you can just find the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts it's the marvel cinematic universe podcast and we'll be back soon guys. Peace. Later.